Welcome to the Avance Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. I didn't mess it up this time. Yeah. Intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> My brain would not handle that today. I'm not going to, I'm going to be honest. I've been packing all week, uh, getting ready to move. Actually, not moving far, going Sammamish up to the uh, Issaquah. Going from the Sammamish Plateau to the Issaquah Plateau. So. Big move. Yeah, I know. But, uh, I'm getting more space and, and better storage. And the gentleman who runs it, uh, one of the guys in the office is wonderful. He found me this private spot for my the bike and the cars. And like literally it's in this back corner. And I was like, I was a little scared, fully lit. And there's brand new cameras facing me. And I'm oh, like, nice. okay. I'm like, I'm good with this. I'm well, you can leave the this, monkey so. in the garage as long as you want. Oh, I see how it is. Yeah. <laughs> the monkey didn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that. I forgot that was there. Like I've reached that point in my life where my age is gone. And I was like, oh, I forgot I have an extra vehicle that's not here. <laughs> that's a good thing. It's yeah, a good no, problem I'm to good. have. Good. It's easy to lose a monkey. Yeah, well, we have yeah. other storage solutions yes. coming up in today's episode yes, if we you do. need more. Yes, so exactly. we're going to talk yeah. about that in a second. But your move inspired our Carter, uh, Carter Automotive Group tip of the week. You're welcome. Yes, I thank you very much. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> Actually, this and a, a recent uh, discussion about uh, winches and braking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, okay. I'm talking about rigging and tie downs and things like that. So the term everybody should be aware of when they look at, when they look at tie downs and when they're moving stuff that's heavy is mm. working load limit, which is not the same as brake strength. And everybody likes to talk about brake strength it's like you know five thousand pound tie down okay yeah that's that's when it breaks but what's the working load limit because if it's working load limit's only 500 pounds yeah it might snap five thousand but uh, there's a huge variance there there's actually a standard for that though okay so uh see i'm actually learning something new today i did not know this yeah so if so. you have i'm going to use five thousand pounds as an arbitrary number five sure. most tie nice downs, round number that's yeah. a big number yeah, but nice it's easy to calculate in this so Working load limit, say that's 5,000 pounds. That means that tie down, that strap, that rigging of whatever you're, you're using needs to hold 5,000 pounds every single time. It can't snap at 5,000 pounds. That's what it's designed to do every single time for the whatever life it says it has. And for you winch people, it's about 10 years for a quality rope, by the way, for synthetic rope. Okay. It's no matter if you use it or not. Yeah. Like if, they, if, they, if, it, if I buy a winch, like some so people and just put it on the front of my car and do nothing. Products, yeah. Synthetic <laughs> products have a life because okay. of uh, the environment. And some being synthetic. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Sun, especially. None of that naturally occurring uh, winch water, line that comes off of the, yeah, the exactly. trees. Yeah. Got yeah. It. Okay. So that means it has a brake, a brake strength on a piece of rigging is t- typically uh, three times its working load limit. So it's 5,000 pound working load limit. That means it's supposed to break at 15,000. Okay. That is kind of the minimum standard for rigging. So it can be different for various things like winches will typically look at that. But when you're looking at a piece of recovery equipment, a piece of rigging or a tie down, you want to look at its working load limit, not its brake strength. And a lot of people love to talk about brake strength. Like, okay, we've tested it and it on average, it broke at 40,000 pounds. Well, if it's working load limit is only a thousand, it's a huge difference in the number. And that's kind of a marketing gimmick. And does that take into account on, this is a simple, a, a quick question as far as if I'm doing a snatch black and a snatch block. Yes. And I'm, and I'm, so let's say I, I take a 5,000 pounds and I, and I go through two snatch blocks. I'm now at 15,000 pounds of, of pulling weight. Am I, is, or is the, is the, the rope still at 5,000, even though I've gone through those points? The rope is still has the same working load limit no matter okay, what. Got it. All yeah. right, cool. So, and the reason they're so much higher, like you want that massive difference is like, you know, if you think of a winch, yeah. you're going to get stressed, the knot, you know, as you, as you go up a hill or up against an object, you're going to lose tension then gain it really fast. Oh, yeah. Think okay. About that. Yeah. So yeah, that's what you gotcha. worry about. Okay. Anyway, just something to think about as you load things up, strap things down, look at the working load limit, look for that number on the package. It's usually the smaller one they don't talk about. While you're doing the Griswold thing and hauling home the tree and the root bud. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Super. Exactly. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, this week, speaking of things do you need to store and you don't have room for, we have the perfect solution to that. Thanks to Matt Bell with The Shop. Welcome to the show. We've been trying to have you on for a long time. Hello and you. welcome. Or thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We're actually at the shop. Yes, we I are. Mean, yeah. That was for, the welcome part. For, for, the, for the amount of times that we have been invited here, and I wish I could have come, I think that I haven't been here. We, Dan and I were laughing. I don't think we've been here in like years. Just be, Okay, I'm cutting, out the, long co- I'm cutting out the two-year COVID thing just because yeah. I can't. Doesn't but it's count. like all yeah. this stuff, and it's like I always seem to get distracted or being in a different spot. So it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, in fact, uh, Dan and I were laughing because I think we were here like when it first opened and we were... Oh, yeah, I've been multiple times. It's I just, didn't even... Just, like, we're in a part that I didn't even know it existed at the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> so we walked back here layer. and I'm like... This is the, the secret layer, layer. Okay. the yeah, bad I, cave. I get that, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't even know the storage side of this existed out here. Yeah. Really cool, so... Yeah. I remember yeah. the last time we were here, we saw it 
where the storage was going to be, the extended storage. The yeah. oh, okay. building yeah. wasn't here. Yeah. And yeah. We were here we for might a birthday have party, had, so I had a few drinks, so I don't remember a lot. <laughs> and so, and yeah. we might have even had a boat here or two. That's because true. In That's the true. early days, yes, we were like, true. just stuff it with anything that would fit. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I mean, you know, if it's costing you money, you might as well make some money <laughs> exactly. on it, right? So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This is a great office, man. Well, thank you. Yeah, we uh, we I inherited it recently because we had somebody who was using it, and um, every in my office used to be right in front by the by the front entrance, and people were you know constantly stopping in, and and I would also ask a lot of questions. And finally, I went on vacation, and I came back, and they had moved me <laughs> to the secret office. You, and, you don't and, live there anymore. Yeah, okay. and, and the reason why they say is, well, you know, we want you to be more productive, which is oh. co- which is code for we want you around less and asking <laughs> fewer questions. So we're going to put you way out in this office, out in the middle, in the back of nowhere, and uh, and maybe you'll disappear. So God, my mother has been telling me to be more productive for years. That just <laughs> right? means she wanted to get rid of me. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Oh, that makes a lot exactly. of sense. Yeah, exactly. Make a lot of sense. Exactly. I like the helmets. I know you're a motorcycle enthusiast, but the, there's a fuel tank over there. So yeah, fuel yeah. Tanks well, the, the the uh, there's a reason why the shop club's tagline or slogan in the early days is uh, a place for building passion for cars and motorcycles. And I have an equal uh, affinity for both, and so I didn't want to uh, you know eliminate any of the audiences or possibilities. So it's we very much try and cater to both. Yeah, I actually want to talk about that because when you, all of our listeners hear about the shop, every in Avance obviously knows about the shop. Um, longtime friend of Avance. Yeah, and, and you guys community. do a lot of events here. And yeah, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, the motorcycle side is not, a lot of us are motorcycles. Yeah. Just our last episode was about motorcycles. Uh, how did your love of motorcycles start? And tell us more about that. Okay, wow. Uh, so motorcycles started with me probably when I had the little plastic evil Knievel doll that you could Heck yeah. uh, jump. Is that the one that actually jumped and oh, then landed? Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. W- yeah the evil Knievel. And, and, uh, and then it probably further exacerbated when my mother said that I could no longer, or I could not have a motorcycle. So that of course made it sexier and more dangerous and more appealing. <laughs> of course. Why does that sound so familiar? I have a motorcycle right now. My mother still doesn't know about it. Oh, I have yeah. a good okay, motorcycle yeah. story. Yeah. And so then, um, I had two older brothers and we would try and jump our BMX bikes off of just about anything we could. And so that eventually led to our friend down the street, Chris Cooper, who had a motorcycle and he, you know, a little, probably, you know, Honda 80 or something. And we would drive that thing around uh, our neighborhood because we lived in Bellevue around the Forest Hills area. And back then there, the, yeah, the neighborhood wasn't developed and yeah. there were actually trails so we could ride. So that's where I learned how to ride motorcycles. And I just always fell in love with it. And I had to, I had to hide that um, from my <laughs> parents, uh, including the fact that this is going to date me and tell you how old I am, but I had a paper route and the goal of my paper route. I played paper route on NES one. <laughs> so, yeah. The goal yeah. of my paper route uh, was to save up enough money to buy a motorcycle, and uh, and so I did. And I did this. I went to the Seattle Times. I went to the classified sections because that's the newspaper I delivered. And I spent months trying to figure out what I was going to buy. And so I talked to one of my brother's older friends who had a truck. I found this motorcycle. We drove out to Renton. I bought this motorcycle, and I had it for probably a year hidden behind our house in the woods until one day I was riding it down the street and probably through our yard. And my mom came home and I was like, Oh, and she's like, Matthew, whose motorcycle is that? And I said, well, um, do what I do. It's, it's dance. I said, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's yeah. John. Who's yeah. my older brother. I was like, it's John's motorcycle. I don't know. I, I, I you, know, you threw your, bu- your brother oh, under the sure bus. Sure, I did. I was the youngest. <laughs> okay. that's, that was my job. So anyway, huh. so that's how I, that's how I fell in love with motorcycles. And, um, and I've had some really great, I've been fortunate enough to have some amazing experiences on motorcycles where I lived in Europe and I've probably put more miles or kilometers on a motorcycle uh, riding in Europe than I have in the U S <clears throat> and mostly because I lived in a great spot and, and you could ride from one country to another in a couple hours. And, uh, and for a very long time, which inspired this place in, in some ways, uh, I kept a motorcycle in a storage facility in Milan, Italy. And so when I had to go to Europe for work stuff, I would just fly into Milan the weekend before I would jump on my motorcycle and I would go tour the Italian Alps or ride to, Croatian back and that sounds so horrible. I know it was terrible yeah, yeah. it was really bad but um and that motorcycle sits here today uh I had to um I had to uh it was a, quite a process to import it but yeah I finally got it here today and 
and you know motorcycles and cars they're so emotional to me and uh, a lot of people and listeners to your podcast i'm sure and so um it's mostly about the stories for me and so oh, absolutely. I, I love that about it which bike is it uh ducati sport classic 1000 is Very the one cool. i kept in uh, which is also a terrible bike to ride for long distances and periods of time. That's most Ducatis. I have. <laughs> Ducati I didn't build it for riding. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, it looks Lord. beautiful. It's supposed to just sit there and look beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Sure. I have uh, probably permanent nerve damage in my hands from when, you know, I would be on that thing for hours. And I also used to uh, make my uh, my wife ride on the back. Um <laughs> And, uh, and which she has a lot of, uh, you know, unfortunate stories about how painful that is to go on a European motorcycle trip and be told you can pack a backpack that you have to wear on your back and on the back of a Ducati for a week. Good that's luck. a great wife. Honestly, that just, that just speaks <laughs> well, volumes of what a cool woman yeah, she is. Yeah, that was when we were dating and she's a little <laughs> bit nicer to me. And I do joke that she would never do that trip today because we're married and she would just tell me no. Uh, but then <laughs> Not she, only am I not going to do that, you're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, you're probably right I'm going to give yeah, you two yeah, no's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's probably yeah. true. That's probably true. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. That's, that's yeah, my... I love my, my last Ducati. I had a Street Fighter 1098. It was one of my favorite bikes. And it was one of the worst bikes to ride mm-hmm. for any extended mm-hmm. period of time. But damn, extended, I mean, sexy. like 30 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It was great. It was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I, uh, I fell in love with those bikes uh, through a picture and then finally had a, mm-hmm. you know, when I was over there, I was like, oh, I, you know, I'm going to get one. And, and ironically, I had a Triumph Thruxton that I really loved. Oh, and I was, a great bike. And I was trying to buy over there. I had that in the US and I was going to buy a Thruxton over there but oddly and unexplainably the thruxton was like 40 percent more expensive than the ducati sport classic 1000 at the time and so i chose the ducati because it was a better cheaper deal <laughs> you know you don't hear that phrase that no much. i chose <laughs> the ducati because it was cheaper yeah because yeah. it was cheaper sure. and i was like wow this is uh this is a weird world and so now I've, i'm glad i did that i i look for the person someday i've never met somebody that goes i owned a ducati or i own a ducati and it's beautiful but it, it sucks it's it's painful to ride nobody's ever been like it's comfortable i can ride it forever yeah <laughs> it's reliable yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not loud and obnoxious yeah, yeah right yeah. yeah 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 that's it's funny you bring that up. That's actually a pretty common theme. A lot of my worst bikes to ride on the road have been my favorite. My RC51 yeah. was the same way. It was heavy. Mm-hmm. Everybody at owns a Ducati loves it, but mm-hmm. every single you talk to something, they go, mm-hmm. "It's a great bike. It's beautiful. Like I, I would put it in my living room. It's it's a mm-hmm. piece." But I want to ride it for about twenty miles at a time yeah. and get off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've done a lot of road trips with mine, and it was, yeah, like you said, it's painful, but man, was it fun. Yeah. Great yeah. memories. And yeah. Yeah. Like they, you said, they stir emotion. That's that's the connection with They stir with emotion, and they're beautiful to look at, and, and people, whether they're motorcyclists or not, appreciate them, and um, mm-hmm. I've just had a lot of really great experiences on mine, and, and, and again, riding in Europe, if those of you who haven't done it and ever want to reach out to me... I am an evangelist for it, and I know the way to do it, which is a guy who rents motorcycles, and I know the routes to take. It's truly a life-changing uh, experience, uh, I think, for most people who do it. And it, 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 it seems very exotic and out of reach, but it's actually not. It's very uh, achievable and affordable. Um, and, uh, and you can just have amazing experiences that you can't really have riding in the U S yeah. and, and I've done that where you go for a ride and you're hours on a bike and you're seeing the same thing and it, and it gets a little grueling and you can zone out and do long rides, but, but there you have to be on your feet one because you're going a lot faster. You know, I might be going you know, over a hundred miles an hour, almost all day. That's kilometers. Yeah. That's kilometers. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Kilometers. Yeah. Kilometers. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, which I also have some interesting stories of. Just remember your wife could listen to this. So oh, be very careful about yeah. the things you say. Sir. No, she's, <laughs> she's heard all these. She was there. Yeah, she's heard all sure. these stories yeah, dozens yeah. of times, <laughs> you know, so I doubt I'm going to get myself in trouble, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, actually one of the, one of the stories, uh, that, that was just, you know, crazy is I, it was one of the first times I was used to trying to get used to riding that bike and riding it fast. And I was going from, uh, Paris to Nice and, mm-hmm. uh, and I was trying to get there fast because I wanted to get there in one day. I wanted to get there before it got dark and I was riding and I was getting more and more comfortable going faster. And the other thing I had never said I would do is split lanes. 
until, oh, yeah. un, until you split a lane. <laughs> yep. And over there, everybody's used to it. Everybody's used Nobody to cares. it. Nobody cares. And then the yeah. and then the other thing is everyone respects the left lane. You yeah. don't you don't ride you don't drive you don't constantly stay in the left lane. You're only in it for a moment. And so I'm getting comfortable in the left lane and mer- and merging in and out at speed. And I'm going, I don't know, you know, in, in miles per hour, I'm probably going 120. And, and, um, and a truck way off in the distance pulls out from the right lane to the left lane. I'm like, okay, thinking to myself, I've got time, you know, no, no problem. All of a sudden I like close on that thing in like no time. And I'm like, holy crap, I don't know what to do. I grab a little bit of brake. The thing starts to do a little bit of a wobble. I sit up in the air. And I luckily slow down before I hit the, before I plaster myself in the back <laughs> and I'm like, Ooh, I am not, I'm not smart enough to do this. I'm not talented enough. I should not, I am not, I'm way over my skis on this one. And what I realized was again, equivalent of going 120 miles an hour, that truck was probably going 60. So it was like <laughs> he was going zero and I was going 60 straight at him. And I'm yep. like, Oh my God, I'm such an idiot. So, but you, but you end up getting used to the depth and the speed and, and, and then, you know, you end up riding back somewhere where you have to uh, go slow again. And it's like, well, going 50 or 80 feels like you're going 10 or 20. So we've always had, we've all had those moments. And then, and then you go around the truck and you're like, well, I mean, I, I survived that, so might as well, you know, go yeah. to the next one. It's funny you mentioned this. I just did a road trip in Europe, um, all over France um, for my girlfriend's birthday, and I said it on that episode, and I'm, you're reinforcing it. I tell everybody, when you're over there, the road trip is amazing, and it mm-hmm. should be on everybody's bucket list, but if you're a rider, mm-hmm. that should be at the top of your yes. list because the riders were having the fun, yeah. and I went every back road I could find. We were not sticking to the highways and making the what board. Part? What part of France? All over. We did the oh. entire country, all, all the way up to the all the way up to the Alps, uh-huh. Chamonix. I mean, uh-huh. uh, Nice, mm-hmm. Nimes, Paris, Normandy, mm-hmm. Bordeaux, mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Went mm-hmm. every back road I could find, mm-hmm. and man, the motorcycles have it made there. Yeah, just for the fact that the drivers are actually paying attention and they don't freak out when they get past because yeah. they're just they're just used to it. They're just yeah. oh, whatever motorcycle. Have a yeah. nice day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the opportunities that are there are amazing, and uh, yeah. I'll tell one more story because isn't that yes, what we're, isn't that what we're here to yes. do? Yes, uh, I decided to ride uh, my motorcycle to follow the Tour de France on on my motorcycle. And uh, these hills are a lot easier. I don't know what these bikers are talking about. Like, <laughs> well, that's, Greg LeMond didn't have that's, shit. That's actually, that's actually the, 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 the gist of the story I'm writing. And so what they, they let you do is they let you take, you know, they open the, 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 the stage of the race to pedestrians and tourists or drivers and riders. And so I would ride the stage and I rode the mountain stages because mostly when uh, a, a Peloton or a bike goes by you you have a chance of actually seeing it because they're riding they're riding up straight up a hill and so plus i want to be one of those idiots who's running next to the bicyclist you know like cheering on the crowd and <laughs> um and tell my kids hey watch out you know watch me on tv but um so i rode i rode this this route and i just could not believe that people would br- willingly ride their bike up these hills and it, <laughs> riding a motorcycle up these hills was like you know, kind of terrifying. Trying to a keep the bit. front wheel down. Yeah. yeah. And and in the in the turns and I'm like, man, these guys have to do this for hours. I don't know how they do it. On days on end. Too. On days yeah, on yeah, end. Yeah. On days yeah. on end. But anyway, that was just a great experience. And again, one of those things that's really hard to 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 duplicate here. And uh and yeah, it it I can't I can't say it enough. If people are interested, they should reach out to me. I'm happy to happy to give them some tips and pointers. They make me want to go ride. <laughs> I, I mean I used to religiously watch uh Tour de France, like that was. I mean, Greg LeMond was my hero when I was biking and stuff like that, and then I got into mountain biking. But you don't realize it. so many people. I've heard that before talking to people like that said, "Oh, you know, we went and, not during the Tour de France, but we went and did a Tour de France stage." And it's like I died after one day, and I'm like, "Yeah, and these guys do it for like yeah. 21 yeah. days in a straight." So yeah. yeah, no thanks. Yeah. Well, let's back up here. Let's give a little story on on how the shop came about and okay. and how we how did we get here? Okay. Uh, well, uh, this is a culmination of, uh, basically things that happened to me in my life and I don't know how deep, I mean, we are on a couch. I could just, this could be like a therapy. And how does that make you me. feel? <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it started originally the, the real idea was when I was in high school again, dating myself here, we had shop class and we had things that at one time I took an auto shop class and I just kept thinking my, my career after college got into uh, technology 
and software. And I was enjoying that. It was great. It was a great career. I had uh, um, a lot of fortunate, you know, success in different companies that I was a part of and, and had some really challenging roles. And, and, and one, one of my goals was always to become a CEO. And I was fortunate enough to do that. And then I was like, well, what's next? And I wanted to do something I was incredibly passionate about. And so I combined all of these things that I wanted and I missed. And so when I was in high school, I took a shop class. And when I was you know, after my first daughter was born, I took a couple of weeks off and I remember to pass some of the time I'd go out in the garage and I was working on my 1949 Chevy pickup truck and I'm laying there on my back trying to position the starter just right. And I was like, God, I wish, I wish there was some place with a lift that I could go and I could put the car on the lift. And, and, and then also I wish there was a shop class cause I don't really know exactly what I'm doing. And I gotta, I gotta, I gotta rebuild a carburetor and YouTube can only help me out so much. And and so all of these things like kind of led me to, I, I wish there was a shop. And so, um, you know, the, the creative genius I am, I was like, I got an idea. Let's call it the shop <laughs> and, uh, and let's, and, the, and let's create something. And, and, uh, that hadn't been done before in the way that I envisioned it. And so, um, and so what I did was I sort of took all of these things that I was interested in, including a social club. And there's, you know, a handful of clubs that I belong to here uh, that I, I took parts of these things that I enjoyed. You know, I really enjoy food and beverage. And so I wanted it to have a restaurant, but I didn't want it to have crappy club food. And so um, I partnered with a, with a friend of mine, Ethan Stoll, to open the restaurant because I had no clue what I was doing. And he helped me launch uh, Derby Restaurant, and uh, which is open to the public. Um, and as a focal point, because when you think about when you're building something, it's food and beverage is what brings people together and what makes people gather. And so my, my vision was to have a good food and beverage component around a social club geared towards car and motorcycle enthusiasts. And then I thought about all the things I would want and, uh, everything like from do it yourself lifts to experts who will help you to a place you can hang out to a driving simulator, to a place I could bring my uh, coworkers or have meetings. Um, and so I just put all of those things together and then we've added on a cigar shop and we've added on a barber shop and the idea just keeps going. And now we've been asked a lot about buying and selling cars. So we launched the auto group. Um, and so we just kept layering on all of these things that seem to be synergistic and, and complementary to each other and to cater to our audience. And so that's kind of how it got started. I, I, um, I started here in Seattle, uh, in 2017 and then uh, uh, a little over a year ago, we opened Dallas. And in about, I'm going to go with 10 months from now, we'll probably open Houston. Nice. Yeah. Texas is great. Yeah. Yeah. Great car scene. And, uh, and so those are the, our, our three markets now. We're, we're looking at very closely a Southern California market. Uh, and then somewhere on the East Coast, um, you know, it would be ideal would be like a, a Florida location, yeah. you know, South Florida, but Atlanta and Washington, D.C. And so there's other lots of other cities where we'd like to go with this. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, and I think that's one of the things that sort of a lot of people that don't understand, like I've talked about the shop and they're like, oh, yeah, I went to Derby. The food was incredible. Like I saw the cars, but like it's a car storage. I'm like, no, you understand. Like what you don't see is like, you know, the, the, the private side of the club, the let alone. I mean, if you don't know, I mean, the infamous poker room, there's I mean, yeah. But as far as the the, uh, the very knowledgeable staff, and I and I will bring this up. Dan was there. Dan and I were here. Seventeen, I, I think it was. It was seventeen or eighteen, and and they had you guys had just opened up the lifts, and like you can work on the lifts by yourself, but they are watching you. That the important thing, and the important <laughs> thing of the story is feel good about the fact. And there was a gentleman in there that had decided he was going to take the engine out of his Audi A4. Or oh S4. God. I know and, exactly who you're talking about. And, <laughs> and Dan and I are here and we're watching it. And, and both of us are having this. I'm like, I'm like, if he, the minute that engine drops, that car's going off that lift. And like nine bolts away. I mean, somebody comes out and goes, okay, we need to talk <laughs> before you do that. Like, yeah. it's like, it's like you are, you're free to do this, but I mean, the knowledge is there mm -hmm. of like, Hey, mm -hmm. 
I don't know if you know about gravity, yeah. but when you take the weight out of one end, yeah, so the other yeah. end will come up. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. actually, that that member has uh, has taken out like four engines out of Audis okay. in order to rebuild the one. Okay, and oh, I don't wow. I don't think it, I don't think that project's still done. Okay. This was yeah. a long time we, ago, but it was just yeah. like this. We like, don't set time limits here. No, okay, yeah, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough, fair enough, yeah. Yeah, but we we like to say that you can, uh, if you know what you're doing, or if you don't, uh, we let you do it, and uh, and we give you the tools to and the resources <laughs> yes. to do it, right? And if you get into trouble, yeah. um, we have experts who can help you. Absolutely. And, and if you don't like to get your hands dirty and you just want to say, tell us your vision and have us do the work for you, we will do all the work for you. So it's yeah. completely up to the member. It's it's a wonderful experience. Like I mean, um, where are you? Where are you kind of located here? I just want to let people know. Yeah, so we're in Soto, uh, yeah. which is. Uh, you you know south of the dome for you Seattle lights uh, and uh, we so we're near the stadiums in downtown Seattle and for us uh, for me when I was looking for a location uh, you know it had to be an industrial warehouse that was going to be my question of like yeah, how, did how did you choose this area yeah. yeah yeah and uh, and I hadn't actually been spent a lot of time down in this area but I wanted it to be conveniently located off the freeway so we could have access to the yeah you're quick off the free highway, greatest number yeah. of people yeah it needed to have a little bit of parking. Um, and so we ended up here because there really aren't any warehouses left near downtown Seattle. And so this is kind of the last little warehouse district. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it, I would, I, I like to think that we've changed the neighborhood, you know, a little bit, <laughs> we've made it a little bit more friendly, um, and welcoming. And we now have Tesla across the street. I like to say they copied us, you know, <laughs> uh, it was fun when, when they announced that in the paper, somebody sent me the article and they're like, yeah, Tesla's opening up a new dealership right across from the shop club. And I was like, yeah, you know, being in the same mention as uh, the shop is safe. We Elon. can do this. That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. that's, yeah. that's basically like comparing us to Elon. Musk, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's the way you rearrange the letters. I mean, you come up with Elon Musk. Yeah. Stole this from me. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> Don't you start building rockets. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So yeah. You really have though. Cause this is more oddly. I'm, going to say it it's one of the next areas to seattle now yeah, really well, yeah i mean not the well, show. and and we we also uh we the the police uh, they have a little uh headquarters down here and so we're yeah. very, very friendly to uh first responders and uh and they get a discount at derby and so Sweet. we take care of them Good. they take care of us we have a great neighborhood community business association headed up by aaron goodman which is the soto bia and uh, we all work really hard to make this place a better place and not, uh, you know, not downtown Seattle right now. But downtown Seattle is also cleaning itself up. I was just down there the other day and I was Good. impressed with the progress that's being made by our new mayor. Good. I'm, yeah. So there's people who grew up here and loved it. Yeah. I know. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> you know, that is, uh, yeah, exactly, it's, it's yeah. like yeah. saying you're, you're, you're the smartest Kardashian. Absolutely. It's like, wow, yeah, I don't know what that is, but sure. Yeah, <laughs> pretend like I have no idea what that means. But yeah, I stepped in shit, but there's lists on this shoe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, this is like, this really is a great spot. So what I'm hearing is Seattle is striving to be the shop. Got it. There we yes, go. There we that's go. Right. exactly right. That's fair right. enough. Yeah, that's right. What influenced your decision to move to Texas? Uh, first yeah okay uh good question so um one i i knew the market because i'd spent some time down there previously working and and i just knew the the kind of atmosphere um you know my parents also lived down there for a little while when i was in college and so i just spent time down there i knew there was a big car culture mm -hmm. um the uh cost of real estate really drives us because we need a lot of it to do what we do um, and so it, there's only certain cities and dynamics that we can, we can work with, with this model because we try and be, um, a club that's for everyone. We talk about and, and emphasize that we're very inclusive. We're not exclusive. And, and so we want to have a price point that appeals to the broader car community. And so, uh, real estate's a big component of that. And so the, so we want to be in locations and in cities where the real estate can support the model of having an, an inclusive club. And so uh, Dallas was one of those. Um, and, and, and we started the Dallas project a year before COVID, meaning we were down there looking, we signed the paperwork, we started the permitting process. And then right 
before construction was able to get started before we got the permits covid hit which shut down our pro- which shut down our permits for a few months of course we'd already bought the building yeah shut down everything and then um and then uh you know of course skyrocketed everything for us so the construction build-out process was quite quite painful there but um but we, anyway, it worked out really well. So, so it was the it was a combination of the car car city car market, my knowledge, general knowledge of the, of the car market of that city, and then the affordability of real estate. To be quite honest with you, and so and and that's what also now has taken us to Houston. And during COVID, we also learned the dynamics of different cities and what their appetite was for uh, socializing. You know, between Seattle and Dallas, there is a dramatic difference of people's <laughs> comfort level and. Um, like it or not. Uh, um, and, and, uh, and so, you know, it just made sense to stay in that market, to have two, uh, shops close to each other so they can cross pollinate membership. Because uh, part of the deal is when you're a member to one, you're a member to all, and we welcome you to all locations. And so um, we hope to build a network of these that are shop clubs across the country. And then we have an affiliate program where we work with uh, Dave from Sun Valley Auto Club, and we work with Matt Farah from uh, Collector's Car Garage in, in California and L.A. And so we're building a network of these affiliate clubs as well so that when you, again, uh, are a member, you can go down and visit these other facilities and we can all you know, help each other out and build a bigger network. Yeah. And in the end, it seems like COVID helped the car market immensely. It boomed during COVID. Yeah, I think, I think it did for, you know, pretty much across the board for all of the enthusiasts when you're out and you're, you're, well, when you're trapped at home and, and not a lot of options, you, you, I think a lot of people really found what made them feel good were the things that, you know, that were tangible and that, that, you know, they could, you know, pour themselves into, so to speak. And so I think that that helped everyone in, in this whole hobby and, and sport, uh, uh, or, you know, enthusiasm around cars and motorcycles. And so, um, it certainly, it certainly felt like it, um, catapulted that across the board. Yeah. I love going to Texas. I've driven through there many times. My brother was stationed in uh, San Antonio when I was a kid. And so I remember we drove his, it was a 1982 Trans Am. My dad and I took a road trip and drove it down there to him. And Dope. T-tops? Uh, his did not. <laughs> oh. I know. Did you have Come a beer on. truck to, that you were leading the way for? What's that? Did you have a beer truck that you were leading the way for? I did not this it? time. Okay. But uh, then we flew down. At, my girlfriend and I flew down and picked up an S3 down there. Like I love flying into Texas and driving out of there. Yeah. There's a million great places to, to go down there. So yeah, yeah and, Austin's and, one of my favorite places. It is. I mean, yeah, especially, I mean, and, and if you're a car person going down for F1, which is coming up pretty soon, by the way. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we wanted, I I would have loved to have Austin be one of our markets, but then back to the whole real estate thing. We, yeah. we went down well, there and the tried. The interesting thing is, is Austin's not really as big of a car place. I mean, they are. I mean, obviously, they, they have Circuit of America and things like that. And by the way, going back to this wonderful motorcycle racing there, too. Mm-hmm. But it, you don't see the car culture there as much. It's there, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a different kind of vibe. So, yeah. It's also, uh, you know, not as big of a city. Yeah, and you know, of we're we're kind of a destination facility, so we want to have the largest audience possible. Absolutely. And um, and so, yeah, Austin didn't didn't quite fit the mold for us yet, but maybe someday. Yeah, like maybe yet. maybe you're working your way across Texas. Yeah, yeah, or maybe sure. maybe we slight, slightly tweak the model a little bit for for different uh, or the offering for different uh, cities, uh, depending on what they need. Yeah, let's talk about that model a little bit. So, I mean. If you're in the Seattle area, you understand that, you know, homes here are beautiful. There's a lot of space. You, you, you might be, you're right next to somebody, but you're not necessarily, you're going to get a one car garage that was built for a car that's maybe a Mazda Miata. <laughs> and it just doesn't work to have a shop and things like that. Yeah. I, I know what I meant. Yeah. And to clarify that, a shop, I mean, like at your a house. shop at your house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But I mean, how does that work? So, I mean, you, you, I have a collector car. I have a car that I don't have room for at the house. I, I have a car that mm. maybe a motorcycle that I'm hiding in the woods behind my mother. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How does this work? How does, the, how does it work? Well, I'll talk a little bit about Seattle and storage and, and how it relates to other markets first. And, and Seattle does have older houses, smaller garages. And candidly, that's also what I underestimated here when I first did, you know, open this business is how much demand there actually is for storage, at least in Seattle. And, um, and, you know, everybody talks about, you know, their different, you know, markets and why, what drives them and how many cars they have. In Seattle, you really can barely get one in. So if you're a car person 
and you want to have an extra car, you got to put it somewhere. And so there weren't a lot of places in Seattle. And if you did, it was an expensive parking garage in downtown Seattle or a uh, self-storage unit or something. And and so I I definitely underestimated the square footage that we needed for this place. Luckily enough, we had this building that we're in now, which we could extend into shortly after we opened. And so that is a big component of it. So basically, if you, you know, to answer the the other question is, how do you, how does it work? If you have something you want to store here, you have to be a member. And so we have a small uh, membership fee. Um, we have a couple different levels of membership, but you know, if you want to store a car, it's $150 a month to be a member and then storage on top of that here in Seattle is $300 a month. So well, if you bad. have one car, it's, at all. it's for 50 a month. And if you add another car, it's only another 300. If you have another car, it's only 300. Ah. And so that is, um, that is how it works here. Uh, and one of the, one of the things that a lot of people asked is, well, if, if storage is a big component of this, why go to Texas? Everybody has a big garage, a big house, lots of space. Literally was going to ask that. <laughs> that was my follow-up. Yeah. Um, so it, it definitely was something that, um, you know, is probably a, a slightly different dynamic, but like everything in Texas, even people's car collections are bigger. So, you know, a guy's got a four-car garage. I'll show you I'll show you someone who has a six-car collection, you know, and so we're kind of overflow for, for people you know, really are our members. Um, and, and then a lot of people who also join here shortly thereafter buy something. <laughs> yeah. well, I can put that somewhere. Yeah. Now that I have a reason. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're an enabler, uh, of, of this hobby <laughs> so and, are we. and the yeah. collection <laughs> yes. and the collecting of cars. And so, um, there, you know, and there's also been a couple, you know, a few handful of funny stories. I won't tell any names, but, um, there was one guy who brought in a car and he said, uh, and I was like, oh, cool, a new car. He's like, yeah, yeah. And, and it was like, you know, probably fall. And, and, uh, and I said, well, you know, you, you, if you always wanted one of these or what's, you know, what's the story behind it? Because I love hearing people's stories. And, uh, and he's like, well, this is my Christmas present. And I said, oh, you're, I'm like, wow, that, you know, you got it a little early, huh? You had to, you had to leverage that. And he's like, well, yeah, but my wife doesn't know it's my Christmas present yet. So I'm keeping <laughs> it here just for a couple of months and then I'm going to bring it home. home. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever works, you know. We've uh, been doing this a long time. We've heard that story a lot. <laughs> so you, you guys know, she knows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We've helped people like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. But it's, you know, this business in general, I will say is, and I've been a part of a, uh, of a lot of other companies and startups and it's just so fun to hear the people's stories. And I, and I think that's what motivates me the most is the jobs I was doing before they were, you know, behind computer screens and keyboards. And, and I just love seeing people walk in for the first time, a big smile on their fa- face. And they're like, wow, this place is I've never seen anything like this. It's a really cool spot to visit. Yeah. There's nothing else like it here. Yeah. And I just love people's reactions. And we are all about, you know, people having a good time and, and enjoying what they love. And there's something that really uh, is motivating and, and feels good about that. And, and it's, it's fun to be a part of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you still have the Bronco? I do. I do. How do you know I had a Bronco? Oh, I've, I've seen it many uh, times. We so know everything. I'm, yeah, I'm a huge yeah. fan of the Bronco. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I am. I am. Uh, people ask me. Where do you keep it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've where do I? Where do I keep it? Well. No. I, um, actually, I keep it in California right now. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. Um, top off all the time. Nothing yeah, wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I don't even put the top on. But um, so people ask me a, a common question I get is when they walk in here, they're like, "Wow, which is your favorite car?" And then I'm, I'm like, do you have kids? And then like, most people are like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, which is your favorite? And then, <laughs> and they're like, I don't have a favorite. That's a lie. I'm an only <laughs> child, and I know I'm not my parents' favorite. So, <laughs> so yeah. And, and the so, GT3 Touring is my favorite. Uh, That's right now. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Flavor yeah. yeah. of the week. Yeah, 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 I know. Still, I mean. Yeah. But, yeah. but the truth is, my favorite is a classic Ford Bronco. And I think it's because I lusted after them when, when I was in high school. Yeah. And I always wanted one. And then I finally got one and um of course i got them when you know you could get a really good one for 7500 bucks and uh <laughs> i know. a zero oh, i the know 90s. i know i know i know well actually i'm trying to i think i got mine i got mine probably in the early 2000s and uh like 
most shady stories with Craigslist. Um, I found this guy in Portland, Oregon, who was selling this minty Bronco. And I looked at the pictures. I was like, okay, great. And he's like, I want cash. And I want you to, and, and, uh, and small bills. <laughs> and, and I was like, well, uh, and, he, and, and he's like, you got to take the Bronco tonight. And I'm like, well, how the hell am I going to do that guy? I guess I better fly down there. But then I'm like, he, I'm like, he wants me to meet him in some shady part of Portland with 7,500 bucks in cash. And I'm like, this just sounds kind of shady. So I said, listen, I'll meet you. I'll tell you what, I'll meet you at the airport. You got to have the Bronco with you and we'll do it there in public. He shows up to, you know, for my safety. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He shows up to the, he shows up to the airport in a murdered out Tahoe. And I'm like, where's the Bronco? And he's like, just get in. And I'm like, I'm, I, I tell you what, <laughs> no. I'm, un, I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with that idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, you agreed to bring the Bronco. And so I, I like a scared, you know, you know, you know, software person called the cops <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I said, um, boy, by the way, we're getting way off on tangents that's here fine. on stories. Okay, Not so really. we call, that's how we yeah, work. Exactly. <laughs> so we call. Who hasn't so, been at the so, Portland airport and called the cops? Yeah, on. so I called the cops. I'm like, hey, I don't know. I don't know. Non-emergency number here. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Should I, I get in this guy's car? I'm carrying, I'm carrying cash, and I'm meeting a guy <laughs> yeah. in, in, uh, in, at this address, <laughs> which happens to also be a pawn shop in Portland. And... Um, and I just want to let you know, uh, you know, and the cops are like, that's a bad idea. You should not do that. And this, I'm like, is where, well, this is where to find my body yeah. in two days. And yeah. I'm like, well, here's yeah. the address. And, yeah. they, and they said, and they were really cool. They're like, Hey, how about we send an officer out there to meet you? And I'm like, that sounds like a great idea. Yes, please. So I go, I <laughs> could go, I ride with him, please? So I go, I go into the pawn shop yeah. and I'm like, Hey, listen. And he, the guy who is the guy who was meeting is actually the owner. And I'm like, oh. Did you I'm, ride with him to the bar? No, shop? I took an Uber. That's smart. To the, okay. to the uh, early days of Uber. Um, I took an Uber to the pawn shop, and the, and the cops were there. And I said, hey, I'm here. By the way, I'd like to see the VIN. Because the cops were like, oh, we'll run the VIN for you. Make sure it's not stolen and license plate number and all that. And he's like, whoa, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just trying to be safe. And he's yeah, like, yeah. now you got the cops involved? I'm like, all I want to do is just make sure this is safe. You asked me to meet you with $7,500 in cash. You showed up in a black Tahoe and asked me to meet you at a pawn shop. Yeah. I'm like, that just didn't fit. This is a red, red. So anyway, it's like a place for you. You've had an interesting yeah. life. Yeah, okay. So yeah. it ended up, it ended up working out. The cops cleared the whole thing. And, and, um, and I'm leaving. And the last, the last part of the story is he's like, well, you know, by the way, you're driving that back to Seattle tonight. And I said, yeah. And he's like, uh, not sure that's a great by the way the the if you hit the brakes too hard um it, it it's only rear brakes and the left one kind of hangs up and you might lock up the brakes <laughs> and i'm like okay good now to that know you see this. you later yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just do a master yeah, rebuild. man <laughs> i have a nap I, I ha- yeah i have i have i have a lot of shady stories where i just i, <laughs> I didn't find, die at the pawn shop yeah, but i died on i-90 I know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but that's where you find the good five, stuff yeah. like like the classic Ford Bronco. And now, and now we're, you know, people, I, I, I'm such an evangelist for the things I love. Motorcycle rides in Europe, Ford Broncos. A couple of friends of mine have said, Hey, I'd really like one of those classic Broncos. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> another one sent me one on bring a trailer. And he's like, oh, help me bid on this thing. And I'm like, and the thing I did is I told him, stop. <laughs> He's like, but it's so beautiful. I'm like, stop right now. You're spending way too much for this Bronco. And we can build you one that's better for less. Yeah. And he's like, okay, fine. And so then we started to build one. And then Tom Segura was in town. Uh, he's, a, he's a comedian. And, uh, oh, yeah. Tom, and, and, Tom, and Bert Kreischer Segura. and all those yeah, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two Bears, One Cave. Yeah, <laughs> Great right. Podcast, Kinda, yeah. You know, this is awesome. like a mini version of that, right? <laughs> we've, we've actually <laughs> been <laughs> called that. <laughs> he's been called Tom and I've been called Bert. So I'm good with that. Yeah. You're going to so. leave your shirt on, though. Well, I mean, <laughs> another beer. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't take another yeah, beer. They are yeah, they like are practicing. Walker, I know. I'm yeah, good. Yeah, they are practicing sober it's October. Sober October. Right October. Now, yeah. yeah, him and Rogan yeah. and all that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, long story short, Tom Segura came in and he saw the Bronco we're building. He's like, "Oh, you're building Broncos," and I'm like, "We're building a Bronco." <laughs> and he said, "Can you build me one?" And I said, "Sure?" Question <laughs> mark. 
And so, and then now we're building one for him, which we're excited about. And, uh, and these are like crazy over the top builds with coyote motors and custom yeah. paint jobs. And, and so now we've got into the Bronco building business in mostly because I just love it. This place is like getting to scratch all the passionate itches I have. And how uh, fun. Yeah. I get to create, I get to build, I get to help run businesses. I get to have these experiences with people, uh, build community and, um, you know, and, and it's funny, Adam and I started roughly around the same, same time. Avant started uh-huh. uh, a little bit before I started the shop club and we both, it was a mutual connection introduced us and I was like, we're basically trying to do the same thing. But, and I told Adam this, I'm like, you, but you might be doing it better. <laughs> Because what I've learned is it's no, really. We were at the original Avance meeting. He wasn't doing the right thing. No. <laughs> I'm going to loan cars. Don't do that. Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah, no, I know. No. I know. Yeah. The model has shifted a little bit. Drive everything is Absolutely. a little different. But, but you know, uh, kudos to Adam. And gosh, he just continues to impress me with all the things that he's done in this magazine and now the podcast. I'm like, how the hell do you do this? <laughs> And with a lot com- of stress. And the, but, but the community that he's built and that we're building, and it's just great. And I think it's... Do you owe him money or something? What's- <laughs> no. <laughs> no, uh, I'm kidding. Well, actually, no. Um, yeah, but anyway, no, no, I, I just... He's reading this off his hand. I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my hat's off. Yeah, my absolutely. hat's off truly is to him. And I don't know how he does it because mm-hmm. I know how hard it is for us to run this business and how much time and effort and energy and passion it takes. And, uh, and to do it on the scale that I was doing is really, truly impressive. And, and I, and, and a lot of times people are like, oh, you must be like a huge car guy, Matt. You know, you're in this business. You started this. Like, yeah, I love cars and motorcycles. I truly do. But I love building businesses. And, uh, and so that's why I'm so inspired by what Adam's doing is because he's, he's built a really cool business and it's also giving back to the community and making experiences for people. And so I just think that's a really neat thing to do and I get to do it here too. And, um, and hopefully we can all help each other out. That's the plan. Yeah. So about taking my shirt off. No, (laughs) (laughs) speaking of community now, that's awesome. I mean, there's a lot of good people here in the community. Yeah. We keep meeting them through here. There's a lot of bad people too. But I mean, we know we know all of them, but no. no I have to kidding, shout no. out to your receptionist, by the way, Victoria. Oh, oh hi, front Victoria. desk girl. Yeah. 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 She's yeah. a longtime listener and friend. Oh, is she? Yes. Okay, and great. So I, she's like, You didn't even tell me you were coming. She has that bad of taste. I know. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I had to learn from the Avance page that you were coming tonight. Why didn't you even tell me? I'm like, sorry. Also, yeah. I think she's selling a Volvo right now. She is selling a Volvo. If selling, I mean, giving it away, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah. She yeah. goes through a lot of cars. Yes, actually, okay. she does. Yeah, yeah. Some of them, some of them. I don't know. Yeah, I probably shouldn't tell these stories on air. But at some point, she wrecked one, and uh, it Who sat, hasn't? Yeah. It, it sat yeah. on the side of the of the lot for a while. And I'm like, what is this car? And why is it <laughs> sitting here? And they're like, Victoria wrecked it. And I'm like. How did she wreck it? Did you know somebody hit her? She's, she's like, no, she she was entering the freeway and spun out, and yeah. and it was a Toyota 4Runner. It was a 4Runner. I'm like, how the hell did she do that <laughs> in a Toyota 4Runner? That takes some skill. So, yeah, that's, Event, she was entering with passion. Is what yeah. I mean. That's yeah. Right. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, she's an enthusiast. We've always been. We've all been there. Exactly. That's the kind of people we like to hire here. Which is also a shout out and own personal plug. We are always yeah. hiring good car people who want to work and do things in the car world. So uh, don't hesitate to be proactive in reaching out to us at info at the shop clubs with an S.com. There you go. Info at the shop clubs. <laughs> shameless. They put that S on the end. Shameless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Shameless yeah. self-promotion. Yeah. I mean, that's what's cool, though, is like your staff is enthusiasts. Yeah. It's really cool. Like, you yeah. talk to somebody here, and nobody, nobody just got a job. Yeah. They, they wanted to work here. And we, that's what's cool. We are all here because we love it, not because we get yeah. paid really well to do it. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, you know, it's that's part motto. It's part, yeah, it's part, <laughs> yeah. it's part of, uh, it, this is, it's, that's all, you know, hand in hand with starting a new business and creating a new, a new idea and bring it to market. You got to have passion behind it. And we're all very passionate about what we do. And so, um, yeah, if you, uh, want to be a part of that, you should definitely reach out to us. Okay. Yeah. So what's next for you in cars? What are you driving now? Uh, 
I am. Uh, he has like nine children. It's, I it's am gotta be too a suburban embarrassed or... <laughs> no. to say what I drive okay. on a daily yeah. basis. But uh, but but you are exactly right. <laughs> I drive something with four doors minimum. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I have four children, uh, and so. <laughs> Uh, it's a gaggle of kids wherever we go. And, um, and so usually I also, uh, you know, occasionally we have, uh, we like to have a third row. Um, so my wife drives an X five and, uh, lovely cars. Yeah. And, uh, and I drive, uh, a car with five rows as well. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to no, say that's it. Wrong. It, well, actually, okay. I'll just say it. I'll, I'll cop to it. I drive a G wagon. Okay. And, oh. and I had a, so I had, a third cool. row. I, I had no, well, it does in Europe. Oh, oh, okay. Or, and it's not really a third row. It's more like a combat cargo seat facing oh, each other in the back. Oh, do they face each other? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. okay. I like that. Okay. And, and, and yeah. so mine, I I went uh, and on Amazon and I bought one. I think it's a tractor seat, uh, but it has a built-in seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> and I had it mounted in the back so that... Uh, okay, that's cool, though. <laughs> so that I could... Why are you I embarrassed of that? I more so, humans. Yeah. Well, I'm embarrassed because most of the time when, I, when people see me drive this thing, they're like, oh, you're an Eastside soccer mom. And I'm like... <laughs> All the housewives pulling up. You yeah. do look like an Eastside yeah, soccer I mom. Yeah, I do. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so, um, not that there's anything wrong with that. No, absolutely not. Um, but, uh, but I like to, you know, make mine... A little, I, I don't do... I don't... I try not to keep anything stock unless it's old and a classic. Yeah. And so, you know, I put a little so bit of... So the guy bit. that's putting Coyote Motors in Broncos. Yeah. But yeah oh, so. <laughs> shit. You got me there. That's fair. That's no, no, fair. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, fair. But I, th- I, think, so I think the Cobras though. got 10 times better when people started putting Coyote Motors in them. Fair. So, yeah. That's fair. I, yeah, but, yeah. but the one I own and drive is Very a cool. 1968 with a 289 motor in it. Beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so that's mine. Uh, but yes, I am going to build myself a Coyote one as well because I wanted to drive a little bit better yeah i wanted to have a little bit more power and brakes uh, that work steering that's and, easy and i also like just no he just co- wants front brakes <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Major upgrade. I, yeah i did put a new axle with disc brakes on the front on yeah, that one yeah um and uh but anyway so uh so yeah my my car drive uh also the my daily is it has a little bit of a lift on it has a little bit bigger tires on it there you go you know it just looks <laughs> a little bit more masculine if we can't keep things stock either don't no we? yeah you're so good. we got a great route over stampede you can go on with the whole yeah. family yeah, yeah, yeah not yeah, even yeah. hard yeah, yeah. Do, do any of your kids share your passion with cars oh yeah uh not yet not yet okay. <laughs> i'm just kidding Fair enough. there's still time yeah. i i have uh my children i have three daughters and okay. and one son and the son is the uh and and there's quite an age span i have a senior in high school to a 10 month old and so 11 month old sorry almost a year old and um time flies and uh and so uh i tried very hard to get them into cars and i think because i tried so hard there was probably less passion around it i don't know maybe it was they'll come back to it yeah maybe maybe i even did this i even offered them and this this would have blown my mind as a 16 year old um but i told them when they're before they turned 16 i said listen pick a car and we'll rebuild it, and we'll, and that will be your car when you drive when you're 16. Oh, dreams, man! I know, I know. I thought, how adopting? can you say no to this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, We're it'll 43, be 43, but you got to adopt. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> it'll be a father daughter project. You know, we'll do this. I'll, I'll dress up whatever way you want. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, I know. Sadly, that'd be really cool. Sadly, yeah. sadly, their answer is no, Dad. I want something that works, and and I think it's a curse. Like the things you build don't work. Well, no. here's here's the thing. And you don't have a favor. They've <laughs> they've been with me during times when like, you know, you go and try and start a car, it doesn't start and you're like and we had a uh, when they were really little, the, the, their favorite car was a, a 1963 Chevy Impala convertible and mostly I got that. Actually, the, the real story behind that is cuz uh, I went to the Greenwood Car Show and I I realized with three children that we probably should go minivan. And I'm like, if we go minivan, I got to get something cool. So I went to the Greenwood Car Show and I was like, what car could be cool that I could fit three kids in across the back? And so this uh, white uh, aqua with uh, white with aqua blue interior, 1963 um, Chevy Impala had a for sale sign at the Greenwood Car Show. And And the guy's like, this is my baby. I diaper rub it. 
You know, I'm like, great. I want to put. That's my, ironic. I, I'm going to put diapers in yeah, it. Yeah, I want to yeah. put my babies in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went to this cool guy's guard. house out in Winville. I took it for a test drive after the car show. I strapped the I strapped the three car seats in the back. I could just see his like jaw drop. I put the top down and I take off the kids in the car, and um, and so anyway, but they've been with me when that car wouldn't start or my 1968 um, Dodge Charger. The, well, the the, so the cool. engine blew up on I five. Uh, you know, it had an oil, it had an oil issue and the engine blew up. And so they've been with me stuck on the side of I five when we're waiting for a tow truck to arrive. And so their, their impression of old cars that I love in my Bronco, by the way, we were, we were taking it out on a little family trip and a radiator hose blew. And it's like, these are just things that yeah. you just happen with it's old, old car cars thing. Yeah. and they just think that old cars suck. And so that was why they turned me down. And uh, and so my daughter ended up with a Volvo XC90, like from 2005 with 150,000 miles on. I was like, see, this is what you end up with well, when you don't safe. pick your car. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was the idea. That was the idea. Yeah. So yeah. I'm assuming the newest member of the family, the 11-month-old, is a little is a boy? Yes, it is. So we can get this right. We can do this right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, you and I need to have a little discussion about the fact that I'm team Hot Wheels, and apparently your team... Like, oh, I did read you were team uh, Matchbox. Matchbox? Oh. Well, you know, I got to say, look, <laughs> I am... I am a, an equal opportunity ah, exploiter. Well, you didn't put that in the article. I'm just saying. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's true. Um, I, I, uh, you know, when I was a kid, you know, mostly because my parents bought them for me. Sure. I think that's what uh, I think that's what got started yeah. for me. But when yeah. did you learn your parents weren't perfect? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I know. But I, yes. Yeah. Great lead in though. You started writing. You're doing an. Uh, you started doing a column for Seattle Mag, right? I did. I did. I started writing. Uh, they uh, and by the way, I'm I, undiagnosed uh, dyslexic and everything else. And and then somebody asked me to come write something. I'm like, you want me to write what? You want that next year? Huh? I'll be right huh? on that. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I'll be a good editor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're they're like, ah, yeah, yeah, you know, you uh, do ghostwriters we'll, act. We'll give you. Okay. Can I get a ghostwriter for a magazine article, please? <laughs> <laughs> just listen to me for a while and write something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So good. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, that was a good question because yeah. you know it also takes me to the stories about people and cars and yeah. and one of the things we talk about here is every car is a story and I just love to hear those stories and so uh, a friend of mine Jonathan Spazzato relaunched Seattle Magazine and he said would you uh, be interested in writing an article and I said you know sure I don't know what exactly you're going to get and I hope your expectations are extremely low um, and he's like well just tell me what you like to write about I'm like people and cars like just tell their stories and I'll do like a, a you know a simple Q&A type type format and um, and they took they take really some really beautiful pictures and we kind of cobble it all together and so I think for the last six months, I've been uh, doing an article in the Seattle Magazine, which I highly recommend you check out, not for my articles, but for all the cool stuff that they're doing now and, and relaunching the magazine and really putting, you know, sort of a face back to yeah. Seattle. And, and um, it's really neat to have that a part of um, Seattle again. I'm not going to lie. It's the first time I've actually read Seattle Mag in a long time was mm -hmm. because I found your articles. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, great. To them. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. As a car person, somebody looking at me and asking me to write an article gives me anxiety. Just listen to you talk about it. Like, I, I know you would love to do uh, that, Dan, but uh, like, my, I, I mean, times, I have ADHD and yeah. the fact that like, I mean, an article, I'd be like, yeah, I, I'll get that to you sometime in March of 2027. Yeah. You're yeah. Well, yeah. It's brutal. So, it's yeah. brutal. Good and you know, you. we're often our own worst critic when we, when we put anything out there in the world and. Oh no. Spell check is my worst critic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and phonetic, and phonetic check and all that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but it's it turns out when you find really good people that like your podcast, I'm sure you guys have experienced, you know, when you find good people and, uh, you know, it makes it a lot easier. I'm sorry today is so hard for you. Oh, totally. <laughs> no, this is great. This is fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, yeah, it sucks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Squirrel, I told you I had ADHD. Don't expect me to focus this long. Yeah. It's almost been an hour. Yeah. Uh, any good plans you want to talk about for Seattle coming up? I know you get a lot of events on your calendar. Anything you're looking well, forward to? I think, or Texas? Yeah, I think uh, just some of the new stuff that's interesting to talk about. Um, you know, just like Avance, we're working closely with Bring a Trailer. They're such a great ambassador for this community and sort of a... Uh, you know, it, it gets, I can't believe the people who I meet who aren't, you know, self-diagnosed car people who ask me about bring a trailer. Have you seen this bring a trailer thing? And, um, 
and you know it's just opened the audience wider for for many many people and and friends of mine who i don't even know are into cars will send me a link what do you think about this car and bring a trailer hey i found this you know and so i just think it's really um done a great job of bringing more people into the hobby um and so we have a partnership with them and um and you know like avants our uh, our goal is to help people uh, you know, with buying or selling uh, cars and on that platform. And so that's, that's interesting uh, news for us. The auto group has been new for us where we're, uh, we have a dealer license and we're fortunate enough to work with uh, a gentleman known here pretty well here in Seattle named Darian, who has helped people for a long time yep. buy and sell cars. And so we folded that into our offering here. And that's again, open to the public. Um, and then, you know, Houston's a big deal, you know, and it's, it's front of mind now because we're signing all the paperwork on the building. We close on that on Friday. And so then we've been designing the building, um, probably gosh, for six months now. And each iteration of this, we keep doing things that are different and better. And so like, uh, you know, Seattle, what it started off as when you guys were here and in the, in the beginning in 2017 has morphed into something completely different. And, um, and you know, it's, it's, we just keep doing things differently because we learn a lot of lessons. And so the Houston model is going to have, um, more amenities and more golf, golf, like golf suites and things like that, that are open to both the public and members. And, um, and so it's just, you know, it, it, it's, it's fun to develop this business, um, and to learn all the lessons along the way. And so then, um, so that's probably the, the biggest news for us, uh, going forward is we're going to continue to expand that. I was going to ask you besides get more space, which mm-hmm. you, I think is something people learn with storage real quick. What do you think your favorite, not necessarily your biggest, but your favorite lesson you've learned What's the thing that surprised you? And like, man, if I'd known this from the beginning, this would have been awesome. Well, oh gosh, it, the things that come to mind because I'm a perfectionist and, I constantly think about this business and how to make it better. Mm-hmm. I, I, I take, you know, I'm a half full guy normally, but when I hear that question, I only, I hear what are the, what are the things I had to learn the hard way? <laughs> what did I really screw up on? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think the hard, the, the hardest lessons to learn are employees and, and how to hire and put the right people in the right position to be successful. I think that's true in just about any business, but I found it harder here um, because, um, you know, it's just, it just, it's taken me longer to learn the type of person it's going to take to be successful and, and how to also be a mentor to them, you know, because I think that's the job of a good, of a good person who's a good boss is just helping the people along the way and make sure they're successful. So I would say the, the, the thing that I learned the most and that was the hardest lessons learned is who to hire and how to hire and where, where to put them in this business. Um, and then I would say, you know, we were fortunate in Seattle to have more space, but it definitely under, underestimated the storage. Um, it's true what they say also. Restaurants are really hard. Yeah. <laughs> are really, really hard. And so um, that's been a, that's, that's probably, you know, uh, especially during COVID, the restaurant piece and component of this business has probably been the hardest to run and has taken the most time, effort, and energy but also, you know, has the biggest rewards. And so, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, you know, it's hard to say what's the most or what's the, the biggest lesson, but those are, those are some of definitely the ones along the way. And, and, um, yeah, I look forward to continuing to do it again and again. And, uh, I just, uh, can't say it enough. We're just trying to find good people to do it with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excellent. That's yeah. really cool, man. I'm excited to see your future success. I know it's on Thank the way. You. And I uh, can't believe how much you guys have grown here. It's been Thank great you. to see you grow. You've done a ton for the community, with Avance especially, mm-hmm. but with the rest of the community as well. So we yeah. can't thank you enough for that. Yeah. It's a great place to go. Yeah. Excellent. And All the right. podcast you guys are doing is great, too. Thank and, you. Nice. Uh, yeah. And it's really fun. It's time. been a wild ride. <laughs> it has. <laughs> from it a, has. From a hobby of, uh, hey, I've got a free Wednesday night. Do you? It's an accident. How long have you guys been doing it? 2018? Yeah, late 17. Yeah. Yeah. November twenty seventh. You were a birthday present for me in seventeen. Yeah, so was, I don't think we started till eighteen. Yeah, eighteen. And then it was then it like yeah, it, it was just like a side hobby where we we talked yeah. to a couple friends. Mm-hmm. And maybe they'd listen. I mean, yeah, it really was after it was exotics. We would go out to the Hollywood mm-hmm. Tavern and just talk to all of mm-hmm. our friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, we should record this. Here's, okay, here's a trivia. Here's a trivia question for mm-hmm. you. Do you know who the Podfather is? Podfather. No. 
You don't know the Podfather. This is, again, dating me how old I am. Mm. So in 2005, I worked at Real Networks, and podcasts were just getting started. And I got to meet the Podfather. The Podfather is Adam Curry, formerly also known as an MTV VJ. And so he has a great podcast. And I, candidly, I don't, you know, um, I haven't listened to it for several years, but God, I used to love listening to him. And I, and he's what, he's what got me hooked on podcasts at a very early time and being at Real Networks, which was all about streaming media and putting things online. He was one of the first big podcasts that people would subscribe to. And that was a huge highlight was to, was to get to meet him so early on and learning about podcasts. So it's fun to be on one here. Gosh, 15 years later. Holy <laughs> Oh, we'll have you back. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see about that. We'll see how many likes you get about this one. <laughs> it's funny. I, I used to drive. Driving is what got me hooked on podcasts. I had a mm. commute. I lived in Arlington, Washington, mm-hmm. not Texas. And I had an hour and a half commute each way to work. Mm-hmm. And I just Holy like, you smokes. run out of music to listen to. And it was a great job. I didn't mind the drive, but it was mm-hmm. weird hours. My and God, so- man. Why? There's <laughs> a long, long story behind that, too. But I That's was- an off- podcast okay story. yeah, we'll yeah. Tell that one later yeah, yeah i i literally ran us to listen to like you only listen to your playlist yeah. so many times yeah. and yeah. so i found podcasts stuff you should know and actually damn interesting which i still listen to yeah. every week I, I have this weird drive to feel like i'm doing something productive and music yes. seems too indulgent so listening to a podcast makes me feel like i'm getting smarter so i'm <laughs> actually making know. myself better base, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so i listen to my my religious people have asked me a couple times i'll just say it on this show uh, stuff you should know and damn interesting are the two podcasts mm-hmm. I still religiously listen to mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm doing something productive while yeah. I'm doing nothing and well, it's always when I'm driving. I feel All like right. that'd be a good name for a podcast religiously listen to. Yeah, religiously <laughs> listen. Yeah, so subtle, like, subtle hint. Launch it in the Bible Belt and we'd be great. Exactly. Yeah. My, my, my podcast for those of you listening is Tim Ferriss. He he is uh you know a guy of many many different interests, but he's always trying to life hack something, mm. and I like life hacks. Yeah, how I, I like can fit best. you know every you know ten pounds of crap in a <laughs> five pound bag. Um, so anyway, that's my life in a in a nutshell. <laughs> Nickelodeon does a really good one about Dora the Explorer that I listen to. Really, you know, like, where will she go? Deep. Yeah. yeah so Do you know yeah. any Spanish yet? This is working at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cerveza, yeah. por favor. Back, pack, back, pack. Exactly. There we go. Spoiling <laughs> like a true father. Yeah. I have three daughters. Yeah. yeah I was going to say. Yeah. He know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Swipe or no swiping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a joke about that off yes. the podcast, but yeah. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, man, thanks again, yes. yeah. uh, listeners. My check pleasure. out the shop clubs with an S dot com if you want to check out the shop uh, in any of their locations and see the upcoming news and events. Check out events dot com slash events if you want to see future events that will be here, like we had a social hour, or social event tonight, a gathering of Avance members here. So we met a few yeah. good ones we already knew tonight. True gratitude. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it, and it's fun to sit down with you guys. Yeah. Thank you. It's great to finally have you on. Yeah. Well, for this episode of the Avance Podcast, as always, I'm Nick. And I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.